Hello and welcome to episode 39, season two of our small holding life, warts and all, where I talk about all manner of our life, not just um, the small holding uh, here in rural West Oxfordshire, UK. Having given that introduction um, at the beginning, uh, I thought I would uh, focus more on a particular topic than um, what I'm doing every day at the minute, because um, it's the time of year, (laughs) uh, weirdly enough, when I have more time to talk about things because there's less going on on the small holding than there is during the spring and the summer. Um, They are frantic months. Um, whereas the winter, the autumn and winter completely slows right down for us here on our particular small holding, not for everybody. Sometimes, you know, some people, it's still frantic all the way through. Um, but unlike having a, a, um, a regular life, a normal job, uh, where you would pretty much be doing the same every day every week every month every all the way through the year the smallholder life changes with the seasons um and so uh depending on what you're doing it 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 slows down a lot for us in the winter um uh you know spring and summer is is high energy long hours long days long daylight hours so you get a lot done um as we slow down now uh for us there is not a lot of growing going on you know you're definitely you're sowing some seeds and some overwintering veg but not in the amounts that you're doing in the spring um and so yeah it becomes a lot uh, the pace of life slows down massively um for me here Uh, and in that respect it also can become more isolating as well because in the summer there are plenty of um you know there's plenty of daylight hours to go out and do things there are plenty of barbecues going on and uh, you know festivals and shows and so much going on socially that you you know sometimes your feet don't even touch the ground um there is you know it's job to pack it all in but come this time of year and everything has slowed completely down and uh you kind of you do have a lot of extra hours really that um well I do certainly that I wonder how what what should I do to fill those hours and I do feel compelled to fill them um in one way or another which is probably one of the reasons that I started making um, crafty things. Um, well, once I had the space to do it, I made the, you know crafty things that I can sit down and, and do those on a really cold, horrible day outside that I don't really have to go out and do anything, so I'm not going to. Um, there have been winters, and, and what I was going to say about winter is winters change. You know, we have different winters every year. You can't guess what the weather's going to be for over winter and we've had some winters that um have been horrendous horrendous winters um and they really keep you on your toes and other winters like last winter that was very mild and not a lot happening and it wasn't too difficult to get through it at all 
Uh, I would I, I would defy any smallholder to say that they love winter um, because it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's not a it's not a great month month three months to be out um, working daily outside. You know there are days when uh, there's you know there's been an emergency um, and you literally had to throw on some clothes and probably not adequate enough clothes um, and you've got soaked through to the skin because it's absolutely hammering down and you are soaked and cold and that's not very nice there are days when um, you know you've got to dig your way out of the the snow because it's that deep that you know and this is going this is over the years that we've been here you know you've had to dig everything out of the snow because it's just that deep um there are days or months winters when you have to go out every day three up to three times a day to smash ice buckets it's a smash ice so just so that the animals can get to the water because it's been that cold for that long um the 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 minute you've broken it it's starting to freeze over again i mean i remember those winters with absolute horror and then there are the wet winters that are just the worst i mean they top the lot of everything because you can you know it you know if you haven't had to dash out in an emergency you can dress for those um winters you know i've got some very nice big thick duvet coats for the very cold winters and waterproofs for the very wet winters um if it's raining but the mud the mud is something that you cannot escape you cannot escape that and um i would say the bigger the animal the more you the more mud you have but that's not necessarily true i mean when you have uh, larger animals they do create m- massive amounts of mud when it's raining um but also the amount of footfall you have from your animals can create mess. so we have a lot of poultry they can create quite a lot of mess with all of those tiny feet um you know trumpsing backwards and forwards all the time it makes a mess it doesn't matter what how what sort of animals you've got how many you've got you're going to have mud um and at the minute at this time of year now we haven't got to that stage yet because we've just not had the rain um but eventually you know that all of a sudden it's going to go and you know wherever you walk your walkways are muddy and we try to keep them sort of um fairly good with wood chip and things but it's not always possible and um i've been you know out in the fields with a wheelbarrow trying i mean it would make a good comedy sketch probably has been on the good life with barbara and tom um where, uh, you know, you are trying to push a wheelbarrow through mud that is so deep and wet and just sticks to you. And here, particularly because we are on clay, it does stick to you. Uh, Mud where you can put your foot down and your welly's gone in and the suction has held it so much that you go to lift your foot out and your welly's lost and, you know, then you've got a muddy foot and it's just, it is awful it's just the worst thing ever um but it you know always at the back of my mind you're like you just keep going keep going because you know eventually spring is going to come and then the the worst thing is is when you when spring comes and it's a wet spring and, and it just prolongs the misery <laughs> of that 
<laughs> and you can ask yourself, why do we do it then? Why are we here doing it? Well, because the rest of the year, it's glorious. It's a glorious life. It is. Um, but winter is miserable. It can be cold. It can be wet. It can be very isolating. Um, and uh, it, yeah, it, it can be quite lonely, especially if you are the one you live and work on your small holding, you know, it can be quite a task, quite a task. And I don't know why we do it really, but well, for the rest of the year, because, you know, winter is the most miserable time of year on the small holding, um, which is why I'm always really glad to have, uh, you know, Christmas in the middle of winter, which is why I think people need Christmas. They need something to look forward to. And um, and I've said before, I'm not religious, so it's not a religious festival for me, but it is um, a bright light in the middle of winter that we desperately need, um, especially when you're uh, working uh, on the land and out in nature all the time. You desperately need that to hang on to, I think. Winter is also the time of year when you generally find out how good your building skills are um, and your maintenance skills because uh, <laughs> you can, you know, spend a lovely summer's evening uh, building some kind of animal pen or, um, you know, go about your business doing all the other jobs and forget that that uh, roof that you put on or the roof that's been on something for years and years is looking, it's a little bit loose and really you should uh, be sort of uh, doing the maintenance on it, ready for winter, uh, but other jobs come along and you didn't do that and winter's the time that you find out um, how good you are in that department because uh, Mother Nature is fierce, 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 and she will just rip apart anything <laughs> that you have, you know, that you, as I said, you stand there in the summer and you've built this wonderful thing and you've given yourself a nice pat on the back and gone back in and had a nice cold beer because it's been a long day and you forget all about it. And uh, come winter, uh, that structure or that roof that you didn't then look at and nail down properly um has blown halfway across uh the next field and um yeah that's when you you realize that you know you need to up your game in the building of, of whatever it is that you're you're making any kind of structure especially if you're a little bit exposed because um it's not going to last for one winter let alone any more than that and you know, that is not the time you want to be going out retrieving your stuff from halfway across that your land. Uh, it, it just isn't. It's, um, my dad always, <laughs> and I can tell you this from experience for when we're dismantling things. So my dad was very belt and braces type of builder when he built anything. Um, and when we're dismantling, you know, when we've dismantled things that he's built, you're like, oh, blimey, there's another bracket here and another brace here and another. <laughs> and look, at all, you know, I think we we took out some beams once and there are about 10 nails just in one end. And it's like, it's to hold it all together. That Because when the winds come along, 
um, they're fierce or even heavy snow that's on, you know, sitting on a roof somewhere. And if you haven't got your structures underneath sound, then that's going to collapse. Um, you know, the wind just will rip through all kinds of things. Obviously, some of the things you can't help if it takes your trees down and things, but your buildings, your your outbuildings, your, your animal pens, your animal housing needs to be so robust. Um, depending on where you are but definitely here we get we you know we we quickly learn where our prevailing winds come from uh and we quickly learn also which winds tend to do more damage um than any other winds so uh <laughs> but they are they are it is a skill that you do need to hone and you do need to make sure that all your buildings all your outbuildings all your animal housing is as really sound because um during winter, Mother Nature will show you your weakness. You can be sure of that. What are the upsides to winter? Well, for one, you know that spring is coming. That's the main upside. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the wheel is turning Um and you have to go through this period of dark and cold before you come out into the light. So um, you know that uh, spring will be on its way um, eventually. If you're lucky, you get an early spring. Um, if not, it, you know, I think one year was particularly miserable not so long ago where it was a cold, wet spring and it was a, a disappointing summer and it kind of seemed like <laughs> it was just like it was just warmer rain. Um, it wasn't particularly a nice year at all. So, yeah, you've got spring to look forward to. And with spring comes uh, new life, obviously. Um, everything sort of bursts into life, you know, all the flowers and the trees and, and your animals too. And um, although a lot of people uh, are lambing sort of in the depths of winter, um, there are, you know, come 1st of April, uh, a lot of smallholders are, are lambing. Uh, I think so. I can't, off the top of my head, it's a long time since we lambed and we didn't do it very often. But I think if you put the uh, sheep to the tub on the 1st of November, your lamb will be born on the 1st of April, I think. Somebody correct me if that's not right. That's just uh, from what I can remember. But, um, and, uh, but a lot, of, I mean, a lot of places are lambing. Uh, in the colder months, it's sort of like, I don't, I don't actually know. We never did. We always set ours for April. Um, uh, the bigger places set earlier because um, they want the, I mean, they're gearing, you know, if they're doing sheep on a lamb on a massive scale, they're gearing for the um, the market, you know, to eat. So they want spring lamb, you know, that kind of thing. Uh and I, we always found, I found as a small holder that, because uh, a sheep, a, a sheep can have a lamb at any time of the year, by the way, just for anybody who doesn't know that, <laughs> can have them at any time of year, but it's nearly always, uh, you nearly always do that. So you get it in, in the warmer months. So it's, it's better, uh, better grass for the lambs, the better um, weather conditions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and we always did ours a bit later because uh, then you're not competing for um, the abattoirs with with the bigger uh, companies. So you're not competing for abattoir space then. So, um, yeah, so so you've got all that to look forward to if you, you know, if you're a smallholder, um, you've got spring. Spring is definitely 
will come. Um, and you just have to hang on to that. Then there are, of course, um, for anybody who works outside any amount of time uh, all the year, you, you've got the darker evenings, um, the shorter days, which gives you a nice lull in, in your life, really, because, uh, and it's cosy, you know, it's cosy, you've got the, you, you know, you might have the fire lit or the raven going or, you know, and, and you can come in and you turn the lights on and, you know, hunker down for the evening um, and hope that you don't have to go outside for any kind of emergency or anything else, <laughs> anything else that needs to be done. So, there's that and then you know and uh what's christmas like on a small holiday well our small holiday i'd have to say because i only you know experience for ours um it's a great time you know um we've had years where the whole christmas meal has been what we've produced well I, you know what i've grown um we've had we had our own turkey one year we've had our own geese for Christmas dinner, uh, I've made all the Christmas... One year, I did actually have a completely self-sufficient Christmas dinner, which was actually an incredible achievement, to be fair, because I even... I dried all the cherries uh, from the trees. We gathered all the walnuts and the nuts. Um, and so our Christmas pudding was entirely... Um, I say entirely. Obviously, we used flour and things, but which locally... I use local flour. But... Uh, you know, I was, I, I, it felt like a massive achievement to um, dish up this dinner that was almost then entirely what we'd produced. Um, a fantastic feeling um, and very doable, very doable, uh, but very hard work in the run up to it. Um, it is hard work, but it's, you know, and on Christmas Day, you still got to go out and do all the animals and do all the things that you need to do. You do the horses and, the, you know, the sheep, uh, you know, if you've got sheep, you have to tend to the sheep and the cattle and the pigs and the chickens and the, everything else. You have to go and do that regardless. So um, it doesn't matter if Santa has left you a big pile of presents under the tree ready to open. You still got to go out there and do that first. Uh, so that's generally how our day goes. Uh, get all the, the your main jobs done, and then you can think about Christmas itself, Christmas Day, Christmas dinner, Christmas presents. Um, and generally speaking, uh, up until the grandchildren were born and they started coming, well, obviously when they were babies it didn't matter, but as they got a little bit older, when they started coming for Christmas dinner, we would always have our Christmas dinner in the evening because. Um, after the animals have been put after the everything has been shut down you know we've checked everything everything has gone to bed it's dark and then we would have our dinner and we'd have the whole whole evening to um to feast and make merry and not have to think about going back outside to do anything so that's how we always prefer to do it when the grandchildren came along obviously they need to go to bed a lot earlier so we then started doing it sort of earlier in the day but come a time when, you know, when they're older, and I, I think it's my favourite time to eat Christmas dinner is, is sort of like, and when I say evening, I'm talking about at five o'clock, because obviously it's dark by then. Um, so it's not late, late evening, but five, five o'clock, and then you can have a very long, leisurely Christmas meal, um, and some good chat and banter and games and all of that sort of thing, take you right through uh, the evening, which I absolutely love I just think that just as a whole I don't know I just feel it's, it, it envelopes you in a big hug that kind of uh, Christmas um 
Yeah, and so there is plenty to look forward to. Uh, things like, you know, I've, this coming this winter, I've got a freezer full of produce that I've grown to, you know, that's going to take me through. Spend all spring and summer growing it, tending it, um, uh, you know, digging it up, harvesting it, pr- processing it. Spend all the winter eating it, which is, <laughs> well, obviously you eat it in, in the spring as well, in the summer as it's going along, but... Um, you know, your workload in that department, especially in the veg garden, is diminished a lot. But and you get to think, wow, well, what can I do with all this wonderful produce? And now that I've got, I've processed and is you know available for me to use. Um, you know, I have my own supermarket basically. Really, I go into my freezer and think, what can I use? It's marvelous. So that is that's an upside too, uh, because you don't get to do that during the the spring and the summer because it's so busy. Um, so you are kind of eating pulling it, eating it as you're growing it. Whereas in the, in the winter, you've got, uh, you can stand back a little bit and think, right, what am I going to have today? What am I going to make with all this wonderful stuff? So there are definitely upsides to winter. Um, they're just not outside. They tend to be inside. So that's a little bit about winter. And as we didn't do very much interesting stuff over the weekend, that's got us through to Monday. It's now Monday and it's 25 to 6, actually. I've just realised it's quite late. I've <laughs> um, uh, been busy today, um, busy doing flowery stuff. And I just walked in the kitchen. I thought, oh, my flower stuff is taking over, taking over the kitchen. Now half of the kitchen table is now covered in flower stuff. Um, and the corner of the kitchen is dried flowers, and the side on the kitchen is dried flowers. Uh, yes. Um, but on the upside, on a good note, I did discuss at the weekend with John my vision for a workshop in one of the, convert one of the stables, and um, have a flower workshop in there where I can do all the work in there, keep it all in there, and also then you know if, if I sort of if it starts to take off, that's where people could come to collect their flowers and things rather than to the house, which is what they do at the minute. So that would be great. Um, and, you know, I had to say, this is this is what I want. Um, what do you think? And the answer came back a positive. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. That sounds all doable. So, yeah, so we'll see. Um, John has been busy over the weekend planning out and uh, what we call sh- shuttering up shuttering up a pathway that he's going to concrete and today we had all the ballast and the cement delivered so that path down the side which has been needed doing since we came really <laughs> it's um it gets very it gets really algae on it uh, in the winter and you have to be really careful um if you forget to power wash it off at some point it uh, gets very slippery so um that's what he's been doing and he's had a delivery well a delivery of ballast and cement came today so that'll keep him busy for a while uh we've also had notification today of uh, avian the avian flu so from monday the 17th of october no no don't know what day is it 17th i have no idea anyway from next monday midday um we have to uh Oh, maybe it's today. Oh, dear. 
I better have a look at that. <laughs> um, we have to uh, house our birds uh, so that the wild birds can't get to them. So they have to be, they can be outside in the run, but the run has to be um, covered so that wild birds can't get in or out, um, can't get in, can't get to the food, can't get to the water, etc., etc. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to relook at that one. I assumed it's next Monday. I'm hoping it's next Monday. They normally give you a bit of advanced warning, but maybe not. Um, so yes, <laughs> that's what's been happening today. I'm running late. I did spend all day doing flowers, which I absolutely loved. I had such fun. And uh, John did phone to say he had to pop uh, to a different job on the way home, so he'd be a little bit late. But I didn't realise it was that late, and um, I need to sort some dinner out. So I quickly looked that up, and it is from midday today. So they gave us absolutely no warning whatsoever how on earth are people what if you've gone off to work uh so by day, midday it's a legal requirement Pfft. shocking shocking and i know for a fact that half the people don't even get the notifications so they won't even know that that is supposed to happen um and how do they implement it when they're busy away off doing other things working elsewhere that is not that is not very good that is not good uh a good notification at all um that i mean even if they release it at midnight uh today you know earlier <laughs> by twelve o'clock what, what oh i don't know i don't know it beggars belief it beggars belief Hello, it's Wednesday already, uh, ten past eight. Um, I don't know where the time goes sometimes. Yesterday I was working and it was, I looked at the clock and it was nine o'clock. <clears throat> I thought, oh, that's all right, that's good. And next time I looked at it, it was two o'clock. I thought, where did that day go to? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, same with this week. Sometimes the, the days go by slowly and other days they just rattle through. Um, so it's October still. Uh, the weather's been cracking, to be fair, for October. Um, it's a little dull today, but it was beautiful yesterday. I didn't spend any time outside. I've been busy preparing um, dried flowers and cards for this upcoming tabletop sale. Um, so uh, I'm doing um, something called a flower bar now um, as well. So take a look on my uh, on the Facebook page. Um, is actually on the flowers from the farm flowers from flowers at Friesland farm facebook page or on the instagram it's called Friesland farm flowers don't ask me i just couldn't get the same um tag life <laughs> address for the for the both but anyway so uh yeah so take a look at those if you want to have a look at those so i am busy and i'm still i'm obsessed i'm obsessed with drying flowers i'm still every day going out cutting out thinking oh they look nice cut and dried you know they'll be um amazing and i'm gathering things we've got a huge uh i mean a monster eucalyptus tree it's got to be phew, getting on for 100 foot tall um i'm stood looking at it now it, it stands head and shoulders above every other tree around for miles um we had it topped out one time, but it is growing back out. But uh, so on the eucalyptus tree, I don't know if you've got one or seen one, but when they get that big, they shed their bark and they have round curls of brown bark comes off. A bit like, they look a lot like cinnamon, only in bigger form. So I've been collecting those as well because um, I think they will be quite good on the, some uh, wreath 
arrangements, maybe. I don't know, we'll see. Also, um, nature has very kindly snapped a branch of the eucalyptus off and it got wedged and uh, it's dried itself out nicely. It's all dry. It's got lovely dried eucalyptus leaves on it, plus little um, flower. Well, I guess they're like seed pods um, as well. So that looks amazing. And I've been collecting, um, cutting hops to dry. Uh, I think I've left those a bit late because the ones I cut earlier have stayed green when they're dry and these have gone a little bit brown. So maybe for next year, I'll have to remember to cut them earlier. I've cut some old man's beard because um, I want to try and use that and make a wreath um, with that. Uh, I'm just going to dry that off and get the leaves off. So you're just left with the um, the fluffy, um, ten, you know, the fluffy flower seed heads, I suppose they are. Um, yeah, so I've been cutting and drying lots of things. <clears throat> and um, I am trying to use them as many as I can because it's actually taking over. It's now taken over half of my kitchen table uh, and the corner in my kitchen. Plus, it's taken over. At the minute, I've got all the flower bars sat on the coffee table in the living room, um, waiting to photograph those nicely to put them up for sale. And also, it's taken over my office space uh, along with everything else. So it is getting to the stage where it is taking over the house um, and uh, hopefully, if I do well and sell a lot of these, we'll move forward with making a, a dedicated um, workroom for those. The Christmas wreath workshops have all sold out bar one place. So um, that's great. I, in, in the end, I put on an extra evening. So I think I've, I've actually got an extra person in two of them as well. So I've, at the minute, I've got um, 5, 10, 15... 16, 17 people coming <laughs> to do a wreath workshop, which is phenomenal. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it's um, easily one of the best things I decided to do. Um, I just need to organise for that as well. I, and I'm busy um, making sure I've got everything in place for that. Uh, one of the a local, another lady from Flowers from the Farm is selling bags of moss. So I'm going to get extra bags of moss from her. And I need to, and I've been researching places where I can get local, uh, locally grown Christmas tree foliage, if you like, because um, I'm going to need extra of that. So uh, when I, you know, when I'm not doing anything, I am actually doing things because it, a lot of it is um, researching where I can get things, ordering things, making sure everything's in order uh, to go ahead and, and do these because I really want them to be um, a success um, and hopefully they will. Um, other things that are happening on the small holding, obviously the birds are now shutting their runs and uh, some of the birds that we've got are shutting the stable now. Um, we still need to decide. We thought about, oh, we're going back with this, oh, shall we, shall we, shall we? Um, we thought, oh, we'll get some new birds, but actually the eggs are not selling out now. I'm not pushing them and they're not, um, you know, we're still ending up with one or two boxes in the shed a day. So we're not desperate for eggs, <clears throat> and which is good because... Uh, you know, you don't really want to keep um, too many birds captive if you don't need to. A lot of them, John says, at least 11 of them are not even laying. Um, so uh, they're getting a bit old now. So we initially we were going to replace them with 20 new. And I said to John, there's no point because we're not selling that many eggs. So um, there is no point going through the winter. Maybe come next spring, maybe we'll, you know, re get some more. But uh, probably over the winter we won't. Um, and that's the way that is going. 
um, things are changing on the small holding. We're we're evolving. Um, We've already diversified into cut flowers this year, which is going well. And I, uh, going forward, I think that's just hopefully going to build on that and get stronger in various different forms. Um, Especially, uh, you know, the dried flowers are really coming into their own now at the minute. Um, I've got a few pumpkin arrangements to do this week. Um, so uh, that's quite good. Um, the other thing is that we... So for where we said, right, we would not have liveries again, <laughs> we have um, been in discussions with a chap. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got such a frog in my throat this morning. Um, and he, this is slightly different. Um, but he wants... He's looking for a livery space. <coughs> And uh, so we, he came round last night for a chat and uh, we, we're going to probably do a trial with his horse and see how that goes. And it is, oh, the reason it's slightly different is because um, oh, about three years ago, maybe more, he got in touch with me. Um, he'd retired from the services and retrained in heavy horse logging, um, which was fascinating enough. He also keeps bees. He's very much in touch with the countryside thing. So he does heavy horse logging. Um, and he got in touch with me initially to see if I knew anybody. I didn't. So, But I put out the feelers on various sites and somebody got in touch with him and he was able to go and work with them and get a lot more experience. And from that, he has now gone on board his, his own horse which he does keep, he has had that for a while and he keeps it elsewhere, but we are very close to where he lives. And so he wanted um, livery a bit closer to home. And at the time we said, no, we're not going to be doing that. Um, however, uh, you know, we've thought about it, talked about it with Sam, because obviously it will affect Jack and Biscuit. And uh, we thought, well, yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's, you know, let's give it a go. So um, hopefully we'll have a trial run, but we will be having um, a livery back again. Uh, Not only that, but um, he also uh, obviously does the login and um, he's got a constant supply of free wood, which he wants somewhere to store. So again, we have the storage space. He doesn't. He has the, you know, he has the goods but not the space, and we have the space, but not the goods, etc., etc. So we're thinking, uh, so again, we were talking about renting out a space for him to stack and store wood um, and, and you know, work from our place uh, using that. So, um, yeah, so it, it's kind of changing again, um, and which is good, really, because the whole, the place had got quite stale, in all honesty, when you look at it, it you know, not a lot was happening here. And it is a working uh, small holding after all, so it ought to be working. Um, I mean, it is working a little bit in, in the areas that we want to, but nothing much more. So that, you know, that's the way um, things are going at the minute. Um, I've also hopefully, well, I've tried, I keep trying to email the solar panel people to try and get these. It's not, it's not easy. I said to John, it's because what happens is you email, I email them, they send out a generic uh, uh, inquiry form but we're not a generic installation, um, which so I sort of emailed back and said, that's fine, I can fill that form in, but it's not going to have the, say, the relevant information that you need for our installation. We don't have a roof that we want it on. We're not a domestic property, blah, blah, blah. So hopefully they'll get back to me because it, it is looking like it's going to get desperate with the, um, with the whole electric prices and everything. So 
But it's just trying to get the people here to... We should have done it a couple of years ago. We know that. We know that. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, we, we, I'm on it now. I seem to have woken up a little bit and get on it. So I've got lots to do. I still haven't done the books yet. I know. Shoot me. I still haven't done them yet. Even though I said October would be the month. I said September would be the month. But that, that didn't happen either. So <laughs> um, I need to get that sorted. That's in the back of my head. It's, you know, I don't know if it, like me, you have a, a job that is there. It's sat there and it gets louder and louder and louder in your head. I don't want to be doing it in November because obviously I've got to, you know, I've got this tabletop sale. I've got to work, uh, do this, the wreath things. I've got things to do on the farm. Uh, in December, we're running then in up to Christmas. So, uh, and, and, and after Christmas, it's a bit late to be getting your books into the account to get them done for 31st of January. I know that. So <clears throat> it has to be this month. It has to be this week or next week that I have to get that done. <laughs> so um, that is another job that, uh, but to be fair, I keep waiting for wet and rainy days and they don't come. So, um, you know, uh, it's not entirely my fault, is it, really? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's what we're, we're um, that's where we're up to at the minute. Um, so you had a little bit this week about wow, winter and what that is like. Um, and a little bit about what we I've actually done because, um, yeah, as I said, it does slow down quite a bit. And there's not, not an awful lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening this week anyway, and um, I'll catch you next week.